where we discuss and create a space to heal from religious trauma. Hi friends, welcome back to Short Skirts Long Scripture Podcast. I'm Cass. I'm Hannah. And today we have a guest with us. Hello, I'm Mia. Hey Mia, welcome, we're glad Mia. that you're here with us. All right, let's jump in. Thank you. Preliminary mm-hmm. questions we always ask our guests. Can you tell us your background with Christianity and the church in general? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I was born into it. I was born in Bend, Oregon, and there was a super conservative church that my parents went to. So I was like born into that. And yeah, I mean, we were like super involved in that community. And then we moved to the other side of the state. So we got involved in that whole community where I met both of you and got super involved in that community in and out of the various drama between various churches and stuff that were there. And yeah, yeah, that's my background. (laughs) Cool. Okay, so would you want to share or would you feel comfortable sharing how you got involved in this Christian youth group, the churches that were part of this community, this cult that we were in? Yeah, I think what happened was, I mean, my family was always church hopping. Like Mm -hmm. there were always like all these different churches and you go, you know, you move to a new city and the first thing is, oh, we have to find a church to go to. So you go and you visit a bunch of churches and, you know, everybody in the churches like invite you over for lunch, which is super awkward because the parents (laughs) hang out and then you kids just like whether you like each other or not have to play together. Right. (laughs) And yeah, we eventually picked one. But my dad was always getting into disputes with other Mm. dads in these churches Mm -hmm. over... (laughs) super minor theological differences that were way Mm. blown out of proportion. Like somebody believes like one tweak about the Bible and somebody believes another one. And they're like, we literally cannot be friends anymore. Mm -hmm. Our families can't talk to each other anymore. And we need to go find a new church. So that was like one of those riffs where we ended up getting involved in that other church. Hmm. Right. How long were you a part of this community that we were in? And when did did you leave? Like, why did you leave? I guess I got to be a part of it when I was maybe 11, 12. That's when we found that okay. church. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 18, I left home, left the community, left everything. So that was an abrupt conclusion. Was there any specific reasons for that you are comfortable sharing? Oh, yeah. Um, Interesting question. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately I left because of differences with my family. That was more like, Hmm. that was the main thing. It was like, I left because of my family. Um, A lot of 
turmoil in the house, let's say, and it culminated, there was, there was a culmination of events Mm -hmm. (laughs) within the path, you know, there were like a couple years leading up to that. And then, Mm. then the final year and final several months, there was a huge, you know, um, ordeal. And then I just kind of found a place to go and left pretty much a couple days later, once I found somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think I even had the intention. I remember I had the intention to keep going to that youth group after okay. I left home, but there was a lady who was helping me leave. And I had mm. been in contact with her. Like we had a couple of meetings or whatever. And she was like, I just really strongly do not advise you to keep going to that youth group. She was like, I really think you should completely leave. And I was very, I had no idea what I was doing. I was basically a child leaving a very sheltered community. And she was like, yeah, you shouldn't go there anymore. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I just didn't. Wow. That's a very abrupt end to it. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. After leaving this community, you'd mentioned you wanted to kind of talk about your unpacking journey or your deconstructing journey. Do you want to talk about when that started for you and how it started for you? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a very long drawn out kind of journey because when I left that community, I wasn't I didn't really have a problem with Christianity. Like my thinking about the whole situation was that it wasn't the problem with the religion or it wasn't the problem Mm -hmm. with God. It was like the problem with the people who were practicing it in Mm -hmm. unethical ways. And so my thought was like, let me try to, to just like experience this on my own and find some people who aren't like hypocrites and abusing their power. And see if I can, yeah, like practice this on my own. And for a while I did because the, the way I left that situation was my older sister had left a few years ago and she was involved in some church in Portland, which is like an hour away from where we lived in the countryside. Mm -hmm. And she knew a family who were kind of known for helping girls in need, like young women in need. They were sort of like, you know, like single moms would come and stay with them sometimes. And um, so she heard about them and she was like, well, could my sister come and stay with you? And Mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, sure. And they were, they were like a super nice Christian family, but not quite as conservative as we grew up in. Mm -hmm. Although now that I look back, I, I'm like, they are so conservative, (laughs) (laughs) but at the time it felt like paradise. It was just like, right. Like I could listen to music that I wanted to listen to and I could like talk to people I wanted to talk to. And, um, it it felt like total freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were, they were Christians also. And so I would you know, I got really involved with their family because essentially I just like left in the middle of the night, like found okay. out about them, 
they were like, yes, you can come and stay. And they made me come and meet them in person first. And then I'm driving home that night and it's raining. And I got in a terrible car accident on my way. Oh my gosh. Uh, I was actually on my way to that youth group. <laughs> well, if I that's not a this. sign, I don't know what is. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like, don't go back. Like, you cannot. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I got in this terrible car accident, totaled I my car. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and in the same, like the next day, I think I got a call that I got fired from this job oh, I'd gotten at Target. Oh no. Because they were like, you failed your drug test, which was like, went in and explored. <laughs> and it was like, because I took some cough medicine, which wasn't prescribed oh, to me. It was like, prescribed oh. to my brother and I took the cough medicine before uh -huh. the interview. Uh -huh. And then I didn't the drug test so I had no job and no car all of a sudden and I called that family I was like I'm not gonna be able to do this um but they were like no come they're like we have an extra car which you can use sometimes when you need it and our daughter works at Safeway and you can um wow you can like she can get you a job there so I decided wow. to go ahead with the plan. I had my best friend come and get me, you know, because I needed yeah, a car. Because you're was, stranded. Everybody in the house was gone for the morning. And I was just like, okay, you can come get me now. And she came over and put all my stuff in the car and she drove me um, while the family was gone and stuff. So deconstructing wow. journey, I guess, is like, I was living with this family, going to church with them, and I got really involved with a bunch of friends who went to Multnomah Bible College. And so mm -hmm. I was going to like cool, trendy churches. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. You know, song like, type churches. So, and they, uh -huh. they don't sing like church songs. They sing cool songs and, yeah. and you know, all that stuff. So I had, I mean, I had fun. It's like I had friends and... I had freedom. I could essentially, essentially do what I wanted. I was an adult mm -hmm. and living like one. And it wasn't until I moved to North Dakota that I started questioning Christianity. Oh, okay. interesting. Um, so what happened in North Dakota then? <laughs> yeah. That's a, a really like 180 turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that happened because the family I was living with, their daughter um, quit college and she needed to come live back home. So she needed her room again. Oh, geez. And I didn't have anywhere to go. So they were like, well, you can live in our laundry room. Perfect. Um, they're like, you can sleep there, which I did for like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been a big laundry room. <laughs> big enough for a mattress <laughs> you, you stayed in a bougie wow. laundry room okay go on <laughs> but at some point I got fed up with it because I had you know I had a couple of house plants and okay. my house plants died because there were Aww. no windows in the laundry room 
I mean, and <laughs> I understand. <laughs> it was like a straw that broke the camel's back. You know, it was like one of those yeah. moments where it was like, I kept, you know, the kids were always running in because I didn't have a door and they were literally washing mm -hmm. their clothes all the time because it was the laundry room. Yeah. And then my house plants died and I was oh, like, gosh. I, I can't deal with this anymore. Mm -hmm. So I called my sister who lived in North Dakota. That was the time when there was a big oil boom happening there. So okay. recession was happening everywhere else, but North Dakota was hopping yeah. yeah, with jobs and money and stuff. So I essentially like joined the, the gold rush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the oil crazy. boom of North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. How did that experience um, so yeah. lead to your deconstructing, man? Um, I guess it happened because of my roommates. I was living okay. in a house with some other girls my age. We were all going to college. And we became good friends. And we made friends with this house of guys who lived like in the neighborhood and um they there was a whole i mean there was a whole like community who were super into like especially punk rock and like basement okay. shows um they they called themselves an art collective right so they okay. are. there's a lot of artists and stuff but that was like the main thing you know they would have all these like you know, basement punk rock shows and me and my roommates were going there and, you know, that sounds like a great listening. Time. I don't know. What's the, what's the word? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, so we were like going to all these shows and we made friends with all these people who are obviously very far from Christian and very far from right. those. I mean, like that's the whole culture of punk rock is it's very anti yeah establishment religion yeah rules stuff like that complete and opposite of what we grew up with <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and i i mean that's just where i met first of all that's where i had friends who were actually queer and right so that was honestly a huge mm. reason why i completely left Christianity is because I got to a point where I was just like, in what world is it okay to not accept people for how yeah. they are? Like, in yeah. what world is this not okay? Or you get what I'm saying? Okay. Mm -hmm. Not okay. Yeah. Um, so that was really huge for me, but I remember spending like, you know, long hours late at night, drunk with my friends in the parking lot. And we're just like having conversations about all this. Mm, and, yeah. and my friends, I'm so like grateful for them because they, yeah, they just like, they, they challenged me and we were having these discussions and they were real discussions and they're like, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And it was like all the questions that I had been pushing back in my own mind, they were mm -hmm. making me bring them forward. And I was just like, this is such bullshit. And yeah. 
I just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And uh, that's Mm. when, you know, my sister lived in that town too. And she was still super Christian, although she's not anymore. But um, I remember we had one big fight because she was just like, why are you not going to church anymore? And we had Mm. this whole, Mm. I told her why, like I told her my reasons. Um, And it was fine. It was an uncomfortable conversation, but in the end, she still like loved and accepted me anyways, even though she didn't agree with my decision. Um, but once I decided to stop, that's when I really was like, okay, I'm, I'm no longer a part of this, which is like, okay, that's like how I left the religion. And then when you say the word deconstructing, there's so much, of course, that's like, that affects you psychologically and affects how you just, I mean, those are, you know, your core beliefs get formed from age zero to seven and then continue to be cemented in until age 18, whatever. So Mm -hmm. that's a lifelong journey. Actually, there are yeah. Always things yeah. that I'm discovering. Even now I'm 31 oh, yeah. and I'm still like, there'll be something that comes up and I'm like, well, that was from church. <laughs> yep. Same. Yep. Same. Happens to I'm me all the time. still doing that. Yeah. I'm always and like, I thought I would have been done by that? now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And it shows in other relationships too, where it'll be like, it'll be this whole like, well, I have to do the right thing so they'll accept me. And then that's just a basic one. But that shows up, of course, in, you know, many, many different scenarios and ways and iterations. There's still a lot of that stuff that we're breaking down that I know, at least for me, when I'm talking about stuff, or it's like a trauma response at this point too. Mm -hmm. a lot of that psychological stuff. And I'm like, I don't know why this is upsetting me or where this kind of emotion is coming from. And of course, my husband doesn't understand it because he didn't come from this background. And so I have to do all the heavy work and like go back and dig into it, which is really uncomfortable still sometimes. Try to figure out where the hell this is coming from. And lo and behold, it came from the cult. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, we all have to do our own our own digging, our own work. Mm-hmm. Although I, it, it's so funny because that life feels like a very past life. It feels yes. so far from how I live now and who I feel that I am now. It's a fever um, dream. Yeah. And yet it's like, it's, it's so such a, it's such a party story. Like I'm constantly right. telling stories about my past <laughs> with my friends because it's like, they're like, what is this? Like, what was your world that you lived in? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it makes such interesting stories, which are also good for my own processing, I guess. Yeah, it really it, is. I say I'm from a cult and people are like, hold on, back up. Can you tell me more about that? <laughs> I'm like, I have stories for you. <laughs> yeah. Endless stories. Oh, Endless. <laughs> They're like, how can anyone live like that? I'm a substitute teacher, Mia. Like, that's what I do full time. And mm-hmm. I use the fact that I grew up in a cult, like, all the time in high schools to get kids' attention. It's hilarious how fast they were all listening to you. <laughs> yeah. Lucky you. I can't do that in a preschool setting. <laughs> I mean, you work with babies. 
<laughs> Little babies. <laughs> but yeah, you're right how it's a, such a good party story, but it feels like it happened so long ago just because mm-hmm. of how far we've come in reshaping mm-hmm. our worldviews. Um, I mean, yes. at least for my personal experience, just the way that my belief system has changed and how, like, currently I'm still in this, I love Jesus, I'm totally Christian, and all of the crap and the toxic things that we were taught, we just got rid of that. It's no longer in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're learning true yeah. things about how Christianity is supposed to work and like still trying to learn how Christianity is supposed to work. So mm-hmm. it's totally mm-hmm. a process. It just, but yeah, it feels like it was a long time ago. And kind of on that topic and, and the deconstructing piece of that is like, and how, and how this shapes who you are as a person at, when you grow up like that. And then as you change it, as time goes by, it's like, because once once I closed that door and was like, I'm not yeah. a Christian anymore, then I was like, I am going to do all the things that exactly. I couldn't do. There is exactly. a way of pleasure awaiting yes. that I am going to partake. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which was like... Wow. I mean, it, it opened... Like it opened up my world in so many ways, not just in obviously the obvious ones like drinking and sex and all of that, but also mm-hmm. like even music became such a passion for me. Oh yeah. my gosh. I, we didn't yeah, realize just, how much music we were missing. Yeah. No. <laughs> no I idea. Mean, I have years uh, of music gap that I'm like still filling in. I know, I know. It even even shows too. Like I watched yes. films at that point. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> wild is over here (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so that was fun but it was also like you know I remember I worked in this restaurant it just uh, this this whole like being so closed and then Mm. all of a sudden being Mm -hmm. free just no education no okay knowing what was even in the world, no knowing what people were like, no discernment about what's a safe situation and what's yes. not. Yeah. And yeah. And, um, you know, just a small example is I was working in a restaurant and, a, and these guys would ask me for my number and I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that I could oh. say, no, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, well, he's asking for my number. I guess I have to give it to him. And I was giving these guys my number and they're all, you know, messaging me. Dick and I wasn't even answering them, but then going to work and everybody's like laughing at me and mm. essentially oh. slut shaming me because yeah. they're like, oh, she's doing You're this easy. with all these guys. And I was like, it was just so confusing and baffling to me. I was like, but I didn't even want to talk to him. Yeah. Um, and so you, I mean, you can imagine just something as small as giving somebody your phone number. What else I thought that I couldn't say no to either. What a um, great example though, of how 
a little information we had and how much control we had and even knowing that we could set these boundaries that by all logical standards were completely realistic and logical and yes you should have these obviously to keep yourself safe that we didn't yeah. even know about mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah. crazy yes and it's i mean this is society in general it's like a very patriarchal society so mm -hmm. women in general have a hard time with these but I think for us, especially, I mean, it was just even more so. God, when I think back at like little innocent Mia, just like, yeah. you know, some guys like, oh, want to come over to my place and hang out. And I'm like, sure. And then it's just like, you know, before you know it, all, the, all this, you know, cr creepy, sketchy stuff is happening. And you're mm -hmm. just like, like in shock too. Yeah. Um, and that's where a lot of self-shaming ends up happening because you go into this shame spiral of, well, I let it happen or I got drunk or I went there or whatever the thing is mm -hmm. that, that you did. And because growing up, we were taught that it was always the women's fault. Whatever mm -hmm. happened yeah. was always your fault. So that yeah. doesn't help either. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's like, what... A lot of women in general, when they come into these situations and, and you hear this, like, well, I got abused because I mm -hmm. allowed it, it to go too far. Or I yeah. got assaulted or raped because yeah. I did whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, but you go into freeze mode, like yeah. nervous yeah. system. Your nervous system goes into freeze mode because you don't know what's happening. You don't mm -hmm. know what to do you literally shut down your whole system like your emotions your critical thinking your everything and it's just like yeah okay i'm just letting this happen mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden at some point you're like like what yeah. happened how did it get so far do that and it's like yeah because you're an animal and you go yeah. into light or fight um, and especially for women, that's usually, um, well, fight, flight, or freeze. That's usually right. freeze. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that happens so much with so many women. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Okay. Something you mentioned that I want to come back to that we've talked about in previous episodes of this podcast is that we didn't know we were allowed to say no. We didn't know that we were yeah. allowed to set boundaries growing up in this Christian community. And so learning that as part of the deconstructing journey was really powerful, especially for me, knowing mm -hmm. that I was allowed to set boundaries and that it's actually healthy to have boundaries was a really big deal for my journey. Um, did you have any yeah. more comments or any more thoughts about how you set up boundaries, what that looked like for you? Yeah. I mean, because I, at some point, it's like I I kind of woke up and, and realized, you know, like yeah. some some situations happened and it was like, okay, well, this is not going to happen again. Yeah. And so I went into opposite mode. And I remember um, I remember my friends were always impressed and amazed because if some guy did one thing that I was like, I didn't like that. It was like, mm -hmm. goodbye, you're gone forever. Never speak to me again. Mm -hmm. And don't even think about 
trying to get back together. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really was like shut down queen. Like anybody who you. did the tiniest yeah. thing, it was like, get out like forever. So I really was like a hard ass for years uh-huh. with that. Yeah. Was that um, also part of probably a safety mechanism in your brain though, going uh, a trigger mm-hmm. kind of like, I'm not doing this again keep myself safe. Absolutely. You're out. Yeah. 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 Because then like in my journey, I've also learned about attachment styles, mm-hmm. which right. is essentially, huge. you know, when you're a baby, you develop an attachment style based on, um, what kind mm-hmm. of attention you got from your caregivers. And so, mm-hmm. uh, there are like, when the people who are supposed to like love you and take care of you, leave you, then how do you act? You can either act like anxious and cling on to them and be like, come back. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is usually, you see that in relationships a lot where it's like, no, Mm -hmm. don't break up with me, you know, come back. Mm -hmm. Or you can be avoidant attachment, which is where you're like, I feel someone getting close to me. I need to protect myself. So they, you know, we shut them out. So that was my mechanism was that anxious attachment Mm -hmm. style of just, oh, somebody's like starting to maybe have the potential to hurt me. Mm -hmm. Let me just make sure that doesn't happen. And in that time, I was very numb. I mean, I was not like feeling a lot of emotions. I was not feeling love. I wasn't feeling fear. I wasn't feeling like any of the emotions. Um, and my life was very much jam packed, so busy. Okay. Full-time college, you know, full-time work, three jobs, you know, working overtime, a million friends. Like I was the most social person you knew just friends over here and friends over here and I'm a part of this and I'm a part of this and I'm working and I'm doing all these things. Never a a moment to myself. Um, Mm -hmm. Very like very physically active too, like running marathons, cycling long distances, you know, lifting weight, like all this stuff, because it was all just like, don't feel anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would consider Um, that definitely like a fight or flight mode or not mm -hmm. fight or flight. You're in survival mode at that point. Yes. Definitely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's an unhealthy space for your brain and your body to be in long term because that causes other issues you have to deconstruct from later on. (laughs) (laughs) Which has been my journey the last few years once Mm -hmm. I came out of that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. So to be respectful of your time, (laughs) let's jump into the last couple of points that we wanted to hit and give you opportunity to speak to. Where are you at now in regards to your faith journey or your unpacking journey or whatever you want to call it? Well, I went, again, one extreme to the other because I went into very much like agnostic, didn't want to think about any type of religion, any type of anything just like you know what we see is is what's here that kind Mm -hmm. of a thing but i am a very spiritual person like i'm super intuitive and and like so so um i often missed being a christian it was like i missed oh interesting it was like i you know i would think sometimes like i remember just believing in that so much and i was Mm -hmm. like i would love to have something to believe in 
like that again. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, you know, that sense of, of like, oh, well, there's a reason why things are happening because God has a plan. And and when you don't think that God has a plan, then it's chaos. And and what do you have? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that was like just in the background, I guess. At some point I went to therapy. We approve. Therapy is good for your body and your soul and your mind. We love therapy. Things happened and and I really hit a rock bottom moment in life. Uh And yeah, I went to therapy, started to thaw out the, you know, for you, freeze mode, Mm -hmm. the numbness, all of that. Mm -hmm. And in that point, I got a book, stumbled upon a book called Modern Day Shaman and was reading it. It just intrigued me. You know, this, there was this British woman who was in Peru for years and years and became an initiated shaman. And, and she like does that as a business now. She ended up becoming my mentor, spoiler alert, um, because her book changed my life. Um, because she had these like recorded shamanic journeys and I was like doing them. I remember being in therapy and the therapist would ask classic questions like, oh, well, what does that feeling feel like? You know? And it's like, well, I didn't know. And it's like, yeah, she's asking like, like. what you need, you know, to ask (laughs) yourself what you need. It's like, I don't know. And Mm -hmm. with this, because what you do is you, you relax your logical brain and you Uh, get into the subconscious mind, uh into the beta theta brainwaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was finding answers like to questions mm-hmm. that I'd been asking and I was feeling feelings and, and like seeing all the colors and, and mm-hmm. all the things that you want to see in therapy, mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to with therapy, but with this, I was able to. Um, okay. and so that just like, that opened up a whole door for me. And, and I ended up like finding that woman online and signing up for her like program that she had. Um, and from that point now I've become very spiritual. I'm very into this type of like shamanism and hypnosis and, um, connection to nature. And, um, I'm very into herbalism and plants and like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's totally my, jam like I literally even have a business where I do that where I teach people marketing but it's all from like an inner work perspective it's like okay let's get the confidence to build your business and we're gonna go into like your subconscious and we're gonna like open up to your spiritual side and learn these things about marketing and and business and stuff so Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's always a journey, but I do really feel like I've found my thing that I really like love. And I'm like, yeah, this is totally my thing and and what I do now. Yeah. Hey, I'm just happy you found a healthy way to live. (laughs) That was a big deal coming from where we came from. We didn't know how to live a healthy way. (laughs) Yeah. And that was different for for everyone. Yeah. For so long, it was like, the most self-destructive behavior, yeah. you know, like dating terrible people, mm. abusing my body with eating disorders and alcohol and, and I mean, really 
all the things. Um, yeah. Constantly picking up and, and moving to new cities, like mm -hmm. doing super dangerous stuff, not having a place to stay at night and like going in and going with random people in cars and like really yeah. quite self-destructive okay. behavior because you, you do have these subconscious beliefs. I do think that I had this belief that was like, I don't want to live, you know? Yeah. And so it was just like, one, I needed the adrenaline. I needed things to like feel mm -hmm. alive. And yeah, so so then like these things where you're just like, well, I don't care if I die. I don't care if something bad happens because mm -hmm. you just need like the, mm -hmm. the adrenaline rush from it. That's well, quite the journey. <laughs> You've yeah, come so, so much far. sharing with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for holding your space. I, a lot of things I was like, wow, I didn't actually say that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm personally very proud of you for how far you've come because I know what it was yes. like before. And now where you are, it's just like, look at me go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Gosh, from knowing you from so long ago and knowing like, a lot of like the home life stuff even yeah. before you left and yeah. everything like I wow because <laughs> yeah. that was rough <laughs> you're doing it great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well thank you thank you both. yeah as our final closing I'll ask the last question and then Cassie you want to do mm -hmm. our sign out she of has course. this cute little sign out thing that she does I love it <laughs> um so Mia, any final advice or comments that you have for our listeners who may be going through something similar? I would say like, start educating yourself on the systems of power that are in place in the world right now, mm -hmm. because I definitely found studying things like feminism, for example, very freeing to start to be able to see even like even TikTok accounts by, mm -hmm. okay. by feminists, you know, where people are like teaching feminist concepts because what happens is they point out behaviors that you didn't realize were a problem mm -hmm. um, and that you've just been accepting because you have all these beliefs. Like I said, I had the belief, like I, I don't want to live or, or these things. There yeah. are all kinds of beliefs that we all have, um, that are in our embedded in our bodies and beliefs and minds and everything. And so the more that you can just like have things pointed out to you and the more that you can meet people who believe differently than that. And the more you can hear these other perspectives and see things in a different light, that's just going to be the most helpful thing because you can then begin to decide like who you are as a person and, and how mm -hmm. you want to be treated in the world and mm -hmm. get to know yourself and what you actually want to do. That was definitely something that was a long journey for me too. I mean, I worked every job you can imagine under the yeah. sun trying to find what I wanted to do, which mm -hmm. again is typical for all people. I mean, yeah. Um, but <laughs> especially when you're in a society that's like 
don't get to know yourself, don't respect yourself, believe that you don't deserve any good thing, believe that you shouldn't think for yourself, you should obey other people, like, especially in a society that like really nails that into you, mm -hmm. like start to get to know yourself and start to get to know what you actually care about and start to to see like behaviors that are being pointed out where you can go, oh yeah, that's actually not okay for me to be treated like that. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you. Great stuff. Yeah. Self-realization is a yes, huge thing for sure. For all yeah, of yeah. us. Doesn't matter what you believe. You need to, yeah, do that digging. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening today. We were so excited to have you, my Mia, Mia, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on our podcast. We love holding this space for you guys to um, feel safe and secure and be able to share all of these um, thoughts and stories that you have. If you guys ever want to reach out to us, um, share your story or tell us anything, you can reach us on our website, shortskirtslongscripture.com. We're on Instagram at Skirts and Scripture or send us an email, skirtsandscripture at gmail.com. See you guys next time. I think I, I have like kids <laughs> ringing my doorbell. It's um, it's Christmas here. It's like Orthodox it's Christmas. It's still Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. And